60 goals for Kirill Kaprizov, 100 points for Marco Rossi. Wow, those are some wild takes. We discuss with wild takes today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's right. It is time for yet another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you once again for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, Lockdown Wild is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we're joined by Dev and Marlo of Wild Takes, taking a look at some potentially hot takes for the Minnesota Wild this season. We will debunk all sorts of different things here as we preview the 2022-2023 season. My name is Seth Topal, Daily Insider on the Minnesota Wild and your host for Lockdown Wild. And as you can see, we have changed up a few things here for Lockdown Wild. So uh, getting used to the new video layout, as you can see, which uh, just good reminder to myself, do not tilt either direction. So thank you for supporting and tuning in for yet another season here of uh, Lockdown Wild podcasts. And we're joined by a couple of uh, elite members of uh, not only 10,000 takes, but wild takes as well. We've got Dev in the middle of the screen and Marlo stage right. Gentlemen, glad to have you on. Wild hockey season is here. What's not to like? The season is upon us. And uh, yeah, it's the best. This is this is better than Christmas. I was going to say, after the, I mean, the only thing that got me probably more excited for the wild season was truly that intro that just played. Oh, my God. I was jamming. I punched my microphone so out of the funky, way. Right? It yeah. was great. The only question I have, can we swear on the show? Are we allowed to swear? Um, Let's, yeah. <laughs> professional. I we'll, it. We'll, keep it, uh, we'll keep it clean here. Um, I'll put my tie on. I got this. Yeah, so... Not, not that we. Not my forte, but we'll have fun. We'll have fun with it. Um, so yeah, as as uh, as we're talking about, we're uh, we're getting the season rolling here, and I thought there would be no better way to get wild takes on the air by taking a look at some hot takes and uh, debunking whether or not they could potentially happen this year. We're going to start with the man, the myth, the legend, Kirill Kaprizov, primed mm. for a massively elite season. Here this year, yes. Say it. Say it with me. An elite season for Kirill Kaprizov. Mm. Sixty goals. Is that mm. out of the question? Is that a hot take right off the bat, or can Kirill hit the sixty goal plateau to start the season? Dev, your thoughts? Can he? Absolutely, he can. Will he? Is a different question. But he absolutely can. He's got all the talent in the world, and that line of uh, Hartman and and. Hartman and, and then his best friend, Matt Zuccarello, they're going to get going. And here's the thing. Most of his goals last year were even strength on a power play. That was, I think they finished what 26th in the league. Uh, that's going to be better. We saw it already in the preseason. And even though we didn't see a ton of Kirill Kaprizov in the, in the preseason, we did see an enhanced, just schematically more pleasurable to watch power play unit. If you factor in that he, he, had the season that he did last year 
with just an abysmal power play, imagine what he can do with even a semi-competent one. I am so excited to see what happens this year with Kirill Kaprizov. I think I, this is where it gets weird for me. I feel like I'm close to saying yes, but I actually am probably going to say no on this one. Only, and that's where it gets a little tough because like we're going to see the emergence of uh, Kalen Addison. Kalen Addison on the power play as well, too. An excellent, excellent puck mover. You're not going to expect a big shot out of him. I'm sure he may surprise us with a big shot that he may have as well, too. Uh, someone's going to have to pop those, uh, and I don't see why it's not possible, but I'm honestly thinking, I, I think he does succeed the 50-goal plateau, but I'm honestly probably thinking 55. I don't know if 60 is doable. I think, and usually I'm the optimist. Usually I'm the one that's in your face yelling at you. It's got to be 60. Uh, this time I'm going to be the old grandpa uh, that's saying, no, no, I am the pessimist. I am old and I am grumpy. Uh, however, I do see 55-ish is probably where I'm aiming at. I'm going to move to a more measured take, but it's going to sound just, just the way that it's constructed sounds preposterous. So, okay, maybe not 60 goals for Kirill Kaprizov this year. But how do we feel about Kirill Kaprizov breaking every franchise record that he just established last year again? Marlo, can he do it? Will he do it? See, this is where it gets really weird for me. Like, I really expected to come in here and be like, oh, Kirill, I'm wearing the hat. I mean, I was going to be full-blown Kirill. It's just like I can't ignore the fact, and I know – Kevin Fiala did not play last year with top line talent, as we heard last night during the LA Kings game. Uh, but he does he does play a big factor in it. I know there was a few that they linked up together as well, too. I, I want to say yes. I do think we do take a step back for no reason at all. I would love to. Oh God, this is going to come back and bite me. Someone's going <laughs> to yell at me and be like, well, you're an idiot. He hit them all. Uh, and you're, you're a dummy. And I'm glad that this is out there for everybody to see. Uh, but... I'm the pessimist here. I do think he's going to go a little a little lighter than last year, but in hoping I'm wrong, to be honest with you, I, I I think I'm more I'm I'm hopeful but not optimistic. I think is the best way to to put that one. All right, screw it. I'm doubling down. Let's do this. He's breaking every record. We're just uh, flipping rolls here. <laughs> here's the yeah right. <laughs> here's 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 what I'm thinking though. Last year he came into training camp super late. Didn't. Like there was some issue, you know, he, he, it took a while for him to get going. He had pretty, pretty slow start. And like, you know, when you finish with, what was it? 47 goals, 48 goals and 108 points. You know, when you finish with a season like that water under the bridge, but everybody and their mother, except for me and Zooch and I, maybe probably Marlo and a couple, like, most wild fans though, were very nervous that we just gave $9 million a year to a guy that had played 50 games and now he can't even score. I think he had one goal through the first 12 or 13 games last year. That's not going to happen again. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a lot more consistent. And I think what we're going to see is the Kirill Kaprizov that we saw for the final two thirds of the, the season, the whole season. So yeah, why, why wouldn't he be able to break it again? You know what? That converted me. I think I'm going to ride. I think I'm going to ride. Yeah, let's let's just put all three of us on the in column. And it's just it's crazy to me that you had all these records for the wild that stood for, you know, 15 years. Kirill comes in in year two and he's like, they're mine now. And Kirill would have broken it year one if he played a full 82 game season. Accurate. Yeah, I, I think he definitely would have. The thing that sold it for me is watching him take that, uh, watching him score that power play goal uh, from like five feet in front of the goalie where he just unloaded the just clap bomb slapper. I was like, 
Okay, he's put me down for 50 and 120. Just uh, just both of them, just, just make it happen. So I think it's safe to say Krill's going to have a pretty good year. Now, I'm just going to ask for a number here, uh, and then we'll move to uh, other players, which are uh, there are potential for hot takes for. Uh, Kirill's been mentioned as kind of a dark horse for the Hart Trophy. Uh, do you think that he ends up being a finalist for it, or do you have him in the top five or top ten? Where do you think Kirill ends up in Hart Trophy voting, which I know is just a complete hard to know. Um, but where do you see him? Top ten, top five, top three, top one? I'm going to say top five for sure. I mean, even if you, I was actually looking at the odds of this as well, too, because we were talking about the Minnesota Wild, like mm-hmm. what, what it looks like for uh, for their future coming up as they play Thursday, today, or whatever. Yeah. Anyways, but a top five for sure, I think, is where you're going to see him finish. I don't think he wins it. I'm going to be entirely honest with you. There's far too many top-tier talents that exist out there, uh, and it's not like – I don't think the trophy is necessarily like the Norris that we've seen in the past few years where you get mm-hmm. continuously brand new people that win it. I do think we're going to see someone who has won it before. Um, but I, I, I do like, I think he's going to get votes. I think he's going to be up there for sure. I'm probably going to give him top four, not even top five. I think top four is where he's going to sit. I just don't, don't see how he puts out a season uh, that surpasses like your your uh, McKinnons or your even your uh, Matthews as well too. McDavid. Yeah. I mean McDavid and Drysaddle. Drysaddle's due for one. I mean here sooner than later as well too. So I mean there's Didn't so many Dreisaitl solid players. Win it like three or four years ago. Listen, man, I have had. <laughs> you saw me struggle to drink a closed beer earlier, and you're gonna expect me to remember the fact that Leon Drysaddle won an award. Pass. No top four. I'm saying top four. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the odds right now. He is tied for fifth right now, uh, for fifth best odds for the Hart Trophy, uh, plus 1200. So if you want, you want a good 12 to one bet. Um, I don't know. Uh, I would, I, I, that's a tasty, that's a tasty little bet. Um, it's interesting to me too, that he's tied. So, uh, Nathan McKinnon is fourth at a uh, plus 1000, but then he's tied with Miko Rantanen at a uh, plus 1200. If you had told me, if you had asked me to guess who the second, highest odds were uh for the heart trophy on the colorado avalanche i don't think anybody would have guessed miko randon no no i i for sure wouldn't have um i'll anyway, answer your question seth uh top three for sure um i agree with marlo that i don't think he wins it uh although i will say the wild have more national games than any other team this year they're tied for the same so the voters are going to see a lot of Kaprizov. and that's very true we have noticed that he does tend to shine when the light is the brightest. So maybe I'm being the pessimist now and saying that he doesn't have a chance, but uh, I, I really like it. I think, yeah, especially if he gets 60, I think if he gets 60, that's an automatic. Yep. So yeah, he's yeah. the anti Kirk cousins bit. He, does, <laughs> he shines in the light as opposed to the opposite way around. He is a prime time performer and not uh not whatever we choose to to call Kirk Cousins in those games. Anyway, um, I'm going to say, I'll say fourth. See, I'm getting used to visually now where to put, like, my hands and everything. It's, <laughs> You're doing great, man. It's an adjustment. Yeah. You're doing amazing, sweetie. It's, a, it's an adjustment. You never know that I'm, this is your first time. Yeah, this this is this is my first go around with, with seeing this. I'm, I'm not used to being on camera. So, um, fourth, fourth. There it is. Yeah, we got it. Um, 
we're going to podcast listeners are going to be very confused. Like I, I exclusively listen to locked on wild as a podcast um, because I just very rarely open the YouTube app. And for starters, one, uh, the, the funky theme song, I listen to everything at 1.2 speed. So like I heard it in real time for the first time in a long time. I was like, Ooh, this is a lot longer than I remember. Oh, um, but secondly, yeah, no, it, it uh, it's going to be very funny for the people like me that only listen to podcasts that are going to be missing out on the uh, first of all the glorious beard that Seth has grown, and uh, and then secondly, uh, Seth just poorly attempting to center his fingers uh, when he holds up the number four. It's it's going to be an adjustment, but I think it does give me an opportunity for more pronounced thumbnail facial expressions. Uh, it gets That's what we all needed the eyes Which, the eyes really pop. Um, that is one thing I was literally just about to say. You have beautiful eyes. Oh, thank you. Uh, so I, I'm not trying to copy you, but yeah, you're a good-looking man. <laughs> we're uh, we're going to have all sorts of new things to take from the new look of Locked on Wild. We'll continue by talking about the rookie that might have some hardware himself, Marco Rossi, as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. And today's episode of Lockdown Wild is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. You can find all the latest player developments, plus team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline.net remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head over to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more, all at betonline.net, where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, Wild Takes. As part of 10,000 Takes, you can find mm. them on uh, all of your favorite podcast platforms, correct? You're damn right. Damn straight, that is correct. Sweet. So make sure to follow Wild Takes for so great... Is a radio swear. Great takes all week long. All right, fellas, we're continuing our Hot Takes edition of Lockdown Wild. Let's talk Marco Rossi. We want to see him just blow the doors off this year. So, hot take or not, Marco Rossi wins the Calder Trophy. Dev, I mean, that is a hot take um, that he does do it. This was actually my wild take on this week's episode of Wild Takes, is that I think that Marco Rossi finishes top three in uh, in Calder voting. And uh, I got an addendum to that too, or a bonus take, is that I also said that Kalen Addison is going to get at least one vote. Um. It was great timing, too, because as we were recording, Kalen Addison's odds shifted from uh, plus 10,000 to plus 6,000. So it was great. I was like, oh, cool. This suddenly doesn't look like as crazy of a take. <laughs> I was saying, I, told, um, I always forget about that, too, the fact that Addison is technically eligible for it. Yeah. Well, that's that's part of why I don't think that Rossi will win is because the, some of the guys that are up ahead of him already have more than two games of NHL experience. Yeah. Mason McTavish is your uh, current leader and Owen power. Both those guys have, I think 20 ish games, 20 or 30 games in the NHL under their belt. Uh, Maddie Beniers is also up there 
And then the other two guys that are ahead of Rossi are Cole Perfetti, who again has NHL mm-hmm. experience, and Kent Johnson, who I don't think does, but he's going to be in a much more important role for the Blue Jackets than Marco Rossi is going to be for the Wild. They're, the the Blue Jackets, if they are going to have a good season, need a lot more out of Kent Johnson than the Wild do out of Marco Rossi. Correct. And I actually do kind of really love the Addison bit. I think if anybody's going to take it as a wild player, if you had to put your money on, I will give it to Addison because Addison is essentially being handed the keys to the castle. We're seeing him play on the top power play unit right off the bat. We're also seeing him fit into, if I remember, he's in a top four role as a, as a wild defenseman. Correct. Top, okay, about six. Nope. Top it's, six role. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 so I think that's the thing is he's going to be given every opportunity. You never know who's going to be able to stay healthy. Injuries happen and whatnot as well, too, which could slot him into a higher role as a defensive player. Um, I think that's a funny reason that you had me on here is because I'm the most casual wild hockey fan in the world. But I just happen to have a microphone and a camera, so I yell it in your face. Um, mm. But I would honestly, I'm going to give the odds to it. I do foresee Marco Rossi putting up a great season. I can probably see him being that top three that like Dev is saying right now, solely because I do think at one point, we see him move up in the roster, yeah. whether or not we're going through a slump whether or anything like that. Maybe Hartsey drops down to that second line or whatever. I know we're goofy because we rotate three lines and whatnot, but I could definitely see him uh, making his making his way up to that top line solely based on how well he played uh, in the preseason games with Kaprizov. They looked phenomenal. And that's through six beers in my stomach. <laughs> that they yeah. looked that great. Well, that's kind of what I'm saying is like I, I – I, Marco, so we, we coined this on this week's episode of Wild Takes, is Marco and the two Deweys are going to feast on the fourth line. They're going to just absolutely embarrass the like anybody else uh, that, that shows up and, and is out there. Um, but if anything happens to God, – like, God forbid anything happens to Ryan Hartman, um, I really do think that Marco is going to be the first one to fill that spot rather than – you know, Tyson Jost, we know the Jewel Erickson act. We know that they're not going to break up the the grief and currently the grief, I guess, line, uh, which doesn't have the same role unless we do like, I don't know. Can we, can we pr- make Jost be pronounced ghost? I don't know. I'm just going to call it the Taif. Taif. I, I don't know. <laughs> I like I, that. I, That's better. It li- not as sexy, better than, but a, better a than grief. sexy. Better than grief. Yeah. Not as good as grief. Eh, it's the grief. The grief squad is my favorite line in hockey, but, yes. um, but Dreef Squad until Greenway is fully healthy, I can I can roll with it. That being said, like no nobody in the middle six is gonna. I don't think that Dean Evison is gonna have that person fill in for Ryan Hartman for like an extended period of time. Who knows? Things change all the time, but I just don't see it happening. Yeah, and it's it's so fascinating with Rossi because you know everybody wants to see him succeed. There's there's a lot of pressure from external sources for him to be like the be a top line center by the time this season is done and so I think the thing to really look at his season in terms of like development like did he check the boxes is just if he looks the part by the end of the season if that is playing more with that doer Duhame line and that line absolutely rocks get it right Marco and the two Deweys thank you um, name we called it already, but God, that is really good. <laughs> I love grunge music. That's perfect. <laughs> so if that line absolutely just like destroys other li- other fourth lines in the NHL, you know this. I mean, you've got Erickson Eck, you've got Hartman, you've got as of right now Sam Steele as uh, as the second line center. If those guys perform well, you know, if we end the season and are like. 
yeah, Marco Rossi had a great season. I think that's the thing that matters regardless of points, goals, and such. Yeah. If he lo- if he looks the part and he looks like somebody who's going to be a major player on this team by the end of the year, that is, I think, progress earned and achievement unlocked for Marco Rossi. But, you know, Calder Trophy would be great, too. So we'll see. I agree completely. I will say uh, you mentioned like the the external pressure. Uh, I don't think that that's getting to him. Uh, I no. mentioned it before. I mentioned it before on on our podcast, but uh, I am uh, Twitter friends with his dad. And uh, Russo reported, Russo reported back in like August that uh, Marco is like, he deleted all social media off his phone and he's not checking any of that stuff because people were basically DMing him all summer and being like, you better be, you know, making up for Kevin Fiala and just like mean stuff. Like, come on. Um, This is the faces for the screen grab. It's just, just painful. That's, it's disgusting what some people do. Yeah. Like, no, it's it's unbelievable. That's a separate, that's a separate rant entirely. But, uh, Marco is, you know, a 20 year old had the wherewithal to be like, Hey, you know what? I'm just not going to deal with this. And then on top of that, like his dad is his best friend in the world. And he basically told his dad, his mom, his girlfriend, he was like, Hey, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to go to camp. I'm going to leave in September. And like last year when he came over, uh, his dad was here most of the season. And this year he was like, listen, you're staying home in Austria until at least the middle of November. Once I have like my legs under me and I've like a in an established role. Um, that takes some serious discipline to do. Yeah. And that like a story like that. And then getting it like Russo reported that obviously, but then like his dad told me like a week ago, it was like, Oh yeah, no, like that, that's pretty much exactly what's going on. Um, cause his dad will DM me and ask for links to the stream so he can watch the games. <laughs> it's terrific. That's our, that's basically our entire relationship is he'll, he'll DM me and be like, hello, my friend. Uh, how do I watch the game tonight? And I'll just send him a link. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, who, who knew, who knew? I love it. I, I will say there's one thing that like, I think I was going to say, I do think there's one spot that like people aren't talking quite a bit enough about as well, too, where I really think Marco Rossi can shine. Seth, as you as I know you, you and I are both Sam Steele fans. We're in the rarity there as well, too, for whatever reason. Oh, I'm in. Kid's 24 and is a great player, big big body. But I would love to see Rose, uh, Rossi Rossi play in between uh, uh, Goudreau and Boldy. I imagine those together. Freddie Goudreau doesn't get enough love. I've always been a fan of King Fet- Frederick. You go back to any one of my old Wild Hangover episodes, I preach King Freddie. I fucking... Sorry, I love that man. Uh, he is the absolute best. Him, Boldy, Rosie together would be an unbelievable line. Grant, but I do think that Steele is going to stick with them. But in the meantime, like Dev said, heaven forbid something happens to another player. Um, I don't see why he couldn't slot in there and just absolutely shine. Steele is looking fantastic. Yeah, boys. this this team has great options. They've got line combos that are workable with different parts. So if player A gets injured, B and C can fill in. And so... We're going to see different looks from this team. And if all of these lines are clicking as we expect that they will be, you know, people are going to, people are going to stay where they're at, but they're still going to be productive on this team. Mm-hmm. So pretty, pretty good for a team that doesn't have depth. So not bad. <laughs> not bad. Anson Carter. What up? Oh. We've got what the four, best, arguably the best fourth line in hockey. But, yeah. you know, what is depth, really? Well, and that depth is going to help greatly with the special teams, which is the other spot. And I've got some interesting 
hot takes for this one. So we'll finish today's episode by discussing special teams and goaltending as we continue today's episode of Lockdown Wilds after this. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Listeners, another opportunity for you to listen to the show. If you are a listener of Lockdown Wild or any of the Locked On Minnesota podcasts, you can find us now on Roku and Amazon Fire TV as part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. More great local sports coverage 24-7, absolutely free of charge. So make sure to download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. We are joined today by Dev and Marlo of Wild Takes. Make sure to check out Wild Takes for all of their great content. In addition to Wild Hangover, which we uh, forgot to give a shout out to earlier, but we will now. So uh, make sure to check it out. Power play and penalty kill. Not great last year. But... The numbers for preseason were encouraging. Uh, 30 of 32 on the PK, including three shorthanded goals. So you end up plus one in the PK department. What are you talking about? (laughs) I I like that. 33 of 32, plus one in the PK. Power play did some good things. More importantly, it looked different. So let's start with the... What happens when you move the puck? That's all I'm saying. So let's start with the PK. Hot take that the Wild will have a top 10 penalty kill unit in 2022-2023. I'll make it even hotter. I think there's no reason why the Wild shouldn't have a top five unit. There's no reason why they shouldn't. We've got one of the better blue lines in the NHL. Not the best, but one of the better ones. We've got an experienced goaltender. And more importantly, our team is like all the way bought in on like protecting the net. There, like, there's, I really think that after last year's just absolute embarrassment of the special teams unit, I really think that the, that is going to be a huge focus on on everything this year. So I, maybe they don't, maybe they finish, I don't know, sixth, but I'll I'll take it even hotter. I, there's no reason why they shouldn't be a top five unit on paper. Top ten seems almost automatic, and I'm going to be entirely honest with you. I think the biggest piece of all of this is they had to do the goalie juggle between Cam Talbot and Mark andre Fleury. Um, and I think that the problem is with those two goaltenders last year, specifically, I know this, you can say like, oh, look at the numbers, everything was fine. But like, I think the issue is anytime, like I grew up playing as a defenseman as well, too, what you, it is very tough to adjust to a very aggressive style goaltender that you used to see in Mark andre Fleury compared to a very stay-at-home uh, style uh, goaltender that you see in uh, Talbot. So now they're about to get 50, 55 games, I would likely say from Flurry, where they're going to get a consistent level of that stuff paired with the stuff that you're seeing that Dev is saying as well, too. We have a solid defensive core. I love our, our, our PK as well, too. I would like to see Freddie out there even more as a big Freddie fan. I think he's one of the better penalty killers that we yeah, actually have. That's, that's a great smartest point. Players. I didn't even mention the defensive side of the forwards, too. Like mm-hmm. our defensive forwards are up there. They're not, again, they're, they're probably not the best defensive forward unit. But they're they're definitely up there. I, 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 yeah, I've said it a bunch. Top five. <laughs> and you're going to see an emergence of Jonas Brodin that you've probably never seen before as well. I mean, the guy is just so consistent. He's he's never. I, I can't think of a single time where he hasn't been consistent. But like, I think he's really coming to his own. He's starting to see some uh, see some uh, some people starting to back him as well too as one of the most underrated defensemen, which is great. Uh, and I think it's only going to push him to that next level as well too. And on top of that, we're starting to see a little bit of offense out of Slim Jimmy over there. Like last year, I 
think was his best offensive season ever. And it didn't feel like a fluke, you know, like, you know how sometimes you watch and it'll be like, Oh wow. How did like, uh, I don't know, like (laughs) someone bad wind up with like 12 goals. Yeah. You know, like how did, uh, how did Victor Rask end up with 12 goals? Yeah. Whoa, oh, okay. Hey, hey, hey. I gave up h- hating on Victor Lent, Victor Rask for Lent one year. I and didn't. Then I just kept not <laughs> doing that. Just Listen, wait till we resign him. Just I was wait. the biggest. I was the biggest Victor Rask hater. And then you just look at the numbers. And if Kirill Kaprizov ever hits into a slump, all you got to do is put him with Rask, and that slump is busted, baby. Busted. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm going to choose not to respond. Um, <laughs> do you guys want... Saying, yeah, it's going to be a 90-minute podcast if you do. Can't spell Victor without one C. Let's just mm. move on. Speak on it, baby. Uh, so ganged up on your own show. I, I'm going to get back to the numbers that I was going to give you because... <laughs> I could just say, too, if you want to look at a center that performs appropriately with Kirill Kaprizov... Let's talk about Ryan Hartman. Mm. So that's all I'll say. Um, so 262 penalty kills for the Wilds. Uh, 264, sorry. 264 penalty kill opportunities for the Wild during the regular season. 76% success rate, which is 200 of those 264. For the Wild to get into the top 10, they need a 4% increase in penalty kill success, which over 264 kills is 11. So they need to be 11 kills better. And let's let's keep this in mind too. This wild penalty kill last year for a 40 game stretch was under 60%. So I think they got more than 11 in them if we just look at those numbers. Like That's what I'm saying. What's okay, what's the what's the percentage that they need to be at for top from last year. So I think that was around 84 was, I think, the top. Um, okay, no, it was so it was 88. Carolina was 88, but then... They were the best last year. Yeah. San Jose, so. San Jose was 85, and then Pittsburgh and New York Islanders were 84, as were the Blues. Okay, so, so 84. So that would mean an extra 21, 22, really, if we're rounding up. 22 extra saves? Yeah. I buy that. I think they can do it. I I wish the people listening to the the audio version of this like would just go to YouTube real quick and just watch the segment real quick where you're explaining those numbers because my brain broke. <laughs> it was the Alan from the Hangover <laughs> bit where the numbers are spinning all around. I'm like, wait, that totally. I was like, can we just not take? Can we just take less penalties? Like like that's how my brain. That's works. a part so of it too. The, let's go the easier route. Well, let's yeah, just, I mean, we don't that, have Fiala to throw away like a random trip or a random. Because he's so reckless with his twig, uh, but I mean, let's just do that route. Because my yeah, I can't numbers. You break me. I have no idea what you're talking about. It was, it was a journey to get to kind of where I wanted to go with it. But end of the day, <laughs> it's going to be a better unit, and the power play will be two. So obviously, that's not going to be. I think it was what 18th this year. Could easily be a top 10 unit there. I want to finish today, gentlemen, with. The goaltending. We got Mark Andre Fleury. We've got Philip Gustafson. This is a wild card for this team this year. You could get good Fleury. You could get 
not good flurry. We don't know what we're going to get with Gustafson. And so I'm just going to throw this out here. Hot take or not, the wild goaltending will be better this year than last year. Overall, that's not a hot take at all. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, no, I, I, I firmly agree with that. I mean, last year, even with Minnesota, he finished out with a 9-10 on the regular season as well, too. Um, solid save percentage. I like my goalies around that 9-2, obviously. Anything higher than that, I think, is phenomenal. But 9-2 is where I think a, goal, a good starting goaltender should be. We're also going to see Philip Gustafson come in in relief for, like we talked about before, maybe like 20 games, maybe 30 at the very most. Yeah, I think it is going to wind up being about 30. It's going to be closer to a 50-50 split than uh, yeah. than people, I think, think. But it, it is going to be, obviously, a little bit more heavily skewed towards towards the flower. And I remember specifically, we went, as the, some of the 10K guys, we went to a wild game versus Ottawa Senators, and we sat down in our seats. And I remember Zane uh, slowly turned to me and goes, hey, is this goalie any good? And I was Gustafson in that. And I was like, no, he's terrible. Um, so I I was on the wrong side of this. I think he's now that he has a solid defensive core in front of him, where instead of having those, that young style defense and, and relatively reckless forwards that I believe he had in Ottawa as well, too, I think he can emerge as a, as a decent backup goaltender. Uh, and the guy looks exactly like Alex Daylock. Alex Daylock was solid with us as well, too. So why not, right? If they look the same, look the part, why not? That's okay. So that's actually kind of where I'm at as well. Uh, I think last year he was in the 800s. Gustafson was. was Gustafson, I guess. Is it was. It was. Yeah. It was like 80, 88 something. Uh, not great. The year before he was like almost 930. That all being said, that's such. A, it's such a small sample size. He has something like 27, I think, NHL games under yeah. his belt. And like the old adage is, you can't really know what a goalie is for sure until he is uh, at 100 games. So he, we're a quarter of the way from being able to put an assessment on whether or not Philip Gustafson is a good goalie or not. And the thing is, he did two seasons under or behind a pretty bad Ottawa team. You know, Ottawa finished with, what, the eighth pick this year? Seventh, something like that? Seventh. Yeah, so, like, I yeah, think. that's a, that's a pre- I think it was seventh. That's a pretty bad team. Yeah. And he wasn't the starter for anything, but... He came in for, I don't know, 14 games, I think, last year. It's not ideal, but it happens, and it is what it is. But here's the thing. He's got a better blue line in front of him, and more importantly, the kind of alluding to what, what, what uh, Marco, or, Marco, wow, whew, Marlo <laughs> was saying, kind of what Marlo was saying earlier, um, we don't have two wildly different style goalies anymore and i think that that's going to provide a little bit of continuity because the defense doesn't have to change how they're defending from a night-to-night basis based on who's in net cam talbot is an incredibly different goaltender than mark-andre fleury and don't get me wrong uh philip gustafson is not all the way to mark-andre fleury but he's not as stay at home as, as as cam talbot is either and like who knows maybe i'm way off on this i've only seen him play six or seven games so i could be way off on that um but from what i've seen he appears to be a lot closer to the Marc-Andre Fleury style of goaltending than he is the Cam Talbot style of goaltending. And if we're comparing him to Alex Daylock, I mean, who Alex Daylock was probably the most aggressive goalie the Wild have ever had until Marc-Andre Fleury started to put on the uh, the green and red. 
Well, on top of that, too, people tend to forget that Marc-Andre Fleury was terrible in the start of his career as well, too. I mean, he had the same exact save percentage coming out of Pittsburgh, uh, which was also a pretty terrible team until he flipped it on and turned it around. You can't write off a guy after two seasons. You just simply can't. Um, and, correct. And especially when he already put up a – it was like a point – he had a 900 for his first season. I think it was like point eight eight nine, point eight nine, or something like that for Ottawa. Like, the guy has potential. He can be good, and I think we're truly going to see it, especially in a little bit more of an increased workload, but not an overbearing workload. So – Goaltending, I think, is where we're going to be solid. No offense to Cam or Kelly Talbot. Uh, I just do think that that is going I'm to be. I'm glad you specified Kelly, too. <laughs> well, I know she's as much as part of the team that he's on as as him. So Yeah. Uh, I just looked it up. I just looked it up because I felt that this is important. Um, his first season, he uh, first season, 2020, the 2020-21 season, uh, Philip Gustafson played nine games as a starter for uh, – or sorry, seven games as a starter – um, and then he came in a relief for two other games. And in those games, he had a nine, three, three save percentage and a two, one, six GAA. Pretty good. Pretty, good. pretty good. Ooh. Then, uh, last year he was actually a little bit better than I thought he was. He was an eight, nine, two save percentage, which like not great. And a three, five, five GAA, not as bad as I thought it was, but not, not great. Um, so all that to say, we don't really know how good he is. So, uh, and I think we, I think uh, Gorg mentioned it on this week's episode of it's a bit uh, over on the 10,000 takes uh, podcast side of things. He mentioned specifically like Gustafson looked terrible the first week or two of practice. And then he started to like find his rhythm and understand. And now he looks like a pretty good goaltender. Yeah. Is he, is he, is he, you know, probably going to make it in the hall of fame? Probably not. No, but we don't need him to be a hall of fame goalie. We need him to be, you know, a guy that can eat 30 nights so that Marc-Andre Fleury can stay fresh. That's what we need. And I think that he can do that. And I think that we can, you know, we, as long as it's not, you know, like that, like 20, was it 2015 or 16 season when it was like, we were just dreading how bad the goaltending was until we traded for Devin Dubnik of all <sighs> people who was in the minors. Uh, yeah. If people remember he was in like Halifax and then he came in and, and just, Un- was unbelievable so like things happen with this wild core that allows everybody to be better and i believe that that will happen again with one mr philip gustafson we hope that uh, all of these will not become hot takes for the 2022 2023 stanley cup champion minnesota wild so uh, wrong. we'll uh, we'll see how that plays out gentlemen thank you so much for joining Make sure you're following 10,000 Takes, Wild Takes, It's a Bit, Wild Hangover. Just follow all of it for elite takes and elite content all weekend long, all week long and weekend from the uh, the fellas at 10,000 Takes. Make sure you're following Lockdown Wild as well for new episodes all week long. The season is here and we've got you covered with game previews. Postcasts, game recaps, episodes. We've got all of it, plus the Locked On lineup challenge as well. Keep an eye out on Twitter for that. And uh, all of it is part of what we bring you each and every day as part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network.